Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. And finally, by Unknown Barbecue Supply, makers of lid hinges, chimney grillers, and much more. You can visit their website, unknownbbq.com slash shop. This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut. And you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. Of course, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And the show, uh, and the show is locked. We are jam-packed with great guests. However, should you see fit to jump in the fun and frivolity of the Barbecue Central show this evening, there's two ways to do it. And this is how you can. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now... I don't think I've ever had the pair of these gentlemen on the show at one time. 
like doing a segment together. They have been on the show independently a number of times over the years. But with a new book coming out, they co-authored it. Why not throw them all together and see what happens for two segments in the first hour? It is Andy Husbands and Chris Hart will be talking about the book Pitmaster. Now, of course, Chris Hart, widely acclaimed Pitmaster, a uh, Jack Daniels World Championship winner. He went like 10 years in a row or something along those lines. So I'll double check that with Chris next segment. And then you have Andy Husbands, who did partake on the IQ team in a lot of those championships and ventures into the competition barbecue circuit. However, Andy also a extremely successful restaurateur in his own right. So looking forward to talking with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart, of course. If you're a huge fan of the show, you know that I fell in love with Andy Husbands the very first time when he was on like season one or two of Hell's Kitchen, which is absolutely fantastic. Shout out to Andy. Then we'll move to the second hour. And in there, you will find uh, a current dominant force on the KCBS circuit. You will also find a legend of the KCBS circuit. Some would say, of course, the first guest also approaching legend status. At 10-14, he was a winner this past weekend at the uh, Boulder City, Nevada contest. The owner of BigPapaSmokers.com, Sterling Ball, joins us. Booyah. And at 10.35, I don't throw the term barbecue legend around a lot, but this guy's certainly deserving of that title. He is the pitmaster of Slaughterhouse Five, an iconic competition team that is still competing today, not nearly as much as they did back in the early, uh, late 90s when he was dominating. Also owner of Joe's KC and the Kansas City Barbecue Store, You know it, 2017 inductee into the Barbecue Hall of Fame and first-timer to this show, Jeff Staney will be joining us. Looking forward to talking with Jeff the very first time about competition barbecue, restaurant barbecue. What an interesting dichotomy. Really good, great, at competition barbecue, really great at restaurant barbecue. How do they differ? I can tell you right up front, as I'll probably say it again to him right when we start at 1035, I won't nearly have enough time to scratch the surface with Jeff for everything that he's been through in his career. But looking forward to starting that conversation. All right, folks, let me ask a personal favor of you like I do each and every week. Get on all of your social media outlets, whatever you're using, make a Facebook post, get on the Twitter, get on the YouTubes, the Google Pluses, all that stuff. Everybody in those show is live right now. A couple different websites you can send them to. The mothership of all websites, which is my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can find the audio stream right there. You can also go to longtime video syndication partner of this show, outdoorcookingchannel.com, or the direct link, outdoorcookingchannel.com slash watch-now. And you can also find this show on Roku or a number of other Internet Protocol television platforms. All you have to do is go to your particular platform's app store, search for Outdoor Cooking Channel, and if they have it, get it. Then you have access to the live feed that Kevin puts up, and you also have a 
access to a host of other shows, not only this show, but a number of the other shows that are going on Outdoor Cooking Channel. Now, I would tell you, if you're looking for like other live shows, you're not going to find any other one besides mine and Chad Ward's, which is the show that precedes my Whiskey Bent Barbecue Pit. You're not going to find any show that does it each and every week. Chad is on the uh, three times a quarter program currently, but, uh, you know, travels a lot with work. It's a big commitment to make. I get it. Now, what I can tell you for sure are these few things. So get ready for this. We have a live in-studio guest on vacation for the week. has been hounding me all weekend about how he's going to be on the show and partake in, as I had said before, the fun and frivolity of the show. You know him, you love him. Let's go right over and welcome back my neighbor Desmond Motley to the show. No! Oh no, we're not going to welcome Desmond Motley to the show. No! Why are... Sorry. Wrong but Why are we not welcoming him? I don't have the first idea, as I said last week, or as, as I said two minutes ago. All weekend, he's all up in my business talking about uh, what time should I be over on Tuesday, this, that, the other thing. I said, Desmond, it would be a mistake on your part to tell me that you're going to be on the show, knowing that the last two times you said you were going to be on the show and you didn't show up. It would be ill-advised for you to now triple down on a commitment that you can obviously not keep. I mean, we live 20 feet from each other. I could open up the window behind me and spit on your house. That's how close we are. And you can't walk the 15 feet over at 9 o'clock. You've known me for four years. You know what time the show is each and every Tuesday. I rarely miss a show. Tripling down on I'm going to be there. Not only do you mind if I come intoxicated. I don't care. You come however you want. Here's what I'm going to say to the central-like public. Don't tell me you're going to be live in studio and then not be live in studio. That's not good. That's bad karma. Really bad karma. So, Desmond, once again, thanks for uh, making the effort at getting over here live, just like you said you were going to. Chump. All right, we move on from there. Breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. All right, well, you know, summer is coming. And with summer coming, that means beer will be drinking. And uh, 17th State is back on. This is the... uh, Cuyahoga Sunset Wheat Ale. It's absolutely delicious. Probably my favorite of the 17th state offerings. There's an IPA, of course, you know that. They also have a Kolsch, which I'm a big fan of. Not a big fan of the IPA. Kind of grapefruity, but whatever you like. So they're back on as beer sponsor, at least for the summer. Very happy to have them back on. And, well, it appears that I'm going to be running out of time here, but I was going to mention that breaking news, the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee class has been announced 
and I believe it was like last Wednesday, so it's been out almost a week. One of the guests that were on last week is actually being inducted into the Hall of Fame. One of the guests on this week's show is actually being inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. In the at the end of August. Is that when they're doing it? They do it during the American Royal on Labor Day. Is that what the American Royal this year is on Labor Day? Under a sizable amount of protest, I might add, by a lot of the cooks. Could be one of the worst attended American Royals, at least in recent memory. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle, might I strongly suggest, the pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel cooker makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Pork shoulders, ribs, you can do that. You can also ramp up and tempt to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. The versatility is all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. It's the hook-and-hang method that places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, just great-tasting, perfectly-cooked meat each and every time if you're into that. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. Not only built to withstand heat, thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable. You can fit it in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. And of course, all barbecue folks love accessories, and the pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. That's right, from the rubs to the stainless steel shakers, the unique removable lash pan, the pit grips, the turkey hangers, the hinged grill grates. There's a full line of accessories that really complete the pit barrel cooking experience. And the best part of all, for $2.99, the pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and it ships free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they sell to the lower 48 continental United States ships free as well. No promo code, no coupon needed. Just hit up pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. See what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full line of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, call them directly, 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. Or visit pitbarrelcooker.com. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. Pit Barrel Cooker. $2.99 shipped free, ready to go. Come on. All right, we are back with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart coming up out of the break. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, we'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All 
All right, welcome back to the show. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield. You love to barbecue, you love to compete, you love to win. Do all three with the help of the good folks over at Smithfield. If you're a competitive barbecue cook, uh, if you're a competitive barbecuer, you can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium hand trim Smithfield fresh pork products receive swag and other great prizes. Commit to cooking with Smithfield. See what's going on in barbecue by visiting smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. My first guest this evening, accomplished pitmasters, chefs, restaurateurs. They have also grown into quite the book writing duo as well. When spring hits, so do the new crop of barbecue books. And this one, hotly anticipated by the meat-loving faithful. Let's go ahead and race to the Smithfield hotline and welcome back Andy Husbands and Chris Hart to the show. Boys, welcome back. Appreciate you joining me here tonight. And uh, Chris, let's go ahead and start with you. Did you foresee three books coming out of the pair of you when you first got together to pen that first book? Hey, Greg, what's up, man? It's great yep. to be back. Yep. Happy to have you. to talk to you. You too. And, uh, you know, that it just, uh, we, we kept finding things to say about barbecue. We love, we love cooking barbecue. We love eating barbecue. We love hanging out with people who cook barbecue. And, uh, you know, just every couple of years, we got some more things to say about it, and we read a book. Did you think that, I mean, when you're friends with somebody and your business colleagues with somebody, you know, there's, there's a certain relationship there, but I would imagine that book writing kind of elevates that to a certain degree. You didn't have any uh, trepidation, obviously, knowing that you and Chris or you and Andy could really pound out some, some good reference material, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, we we try not to, you know, we, we don't hang out together too much. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, it, you know, writing a book together is kind of like a marriage. You, you, it will definitely, if you have any issues, it will certainly bring them to light. Um, you know, you can argue about a lot of things and have different opinions on how things should work. Um, it's a tough process writing a book. Um, you know, every it, every time you finish one, you, you absolutely, you say, there's no way I'm writing another book ever again. And then a little bit of time goes by and you say, oh, let's write another book. So it's, you know, it's like opening a restaurant or, you know, having a kid or something like that. And, you know, a little bit of time goes by and overall it's a good time. And so you do it again. Andy, let me follow up uh, with you for a question here. Chris had just mentioned, you know, as you're writing that book and it does bring some things to the surface that maybe you didn't know about, or, or maybe you're discussing a topic and you have divergent viewpoints. I mean, that's what makes for great radio interview, great television, all that stuff, but maybe not the best book writing partners. So when you run into those divergent portions of the book, how do you work through those and make sure that everybody is kind of happy enough to move along to the next portion? Well, uh, Chris and I have been, uh, been arguing uh, points and, and counterpoints since high school. So uh, we're pretty good at uh, arguing it out. Um, you know, for the burger book, when we wrote that, you know, we really had a big kind of disagreement on how to make the the best burger. And we kind of came to the answer that we were both right. And a lot of times that's kind of how it works out. We kind of just end up figuring out, um, what works for both of us. So, you know, cause when, when you're working with live fire cooking, which we talk about in Pitmaster a lot, it's not really always just one way. You know, there's many different nuances in, in cooking barbecue, as you know. 
Andy Husbands and Chris Hart joining me here on the show. Uh, the first two books, by the way, in case you don't know, Wicked Good Barbecue, and then, of course, uh, the burger book that Andy just mentioned, Wicked Good Burgers. Uh, this one's Pitmaster. Andy, let me stay with you here on that. You know, there seemed to be a distinct period where, you know, maybe even just a few years ago, the majority of folks thought that hard copies, like real tangible books, might go by the wayside and it would all kind of move to that digital situation. At least in the cookbook realm, that doesn't seem to be the case. Are you surprised that consumers kind of still demand for that physical item to be in their hands? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And people, you know, I, I even thought that, okay, well, it's all going to be on my iPad. But I have to say, you know, I'm a, a huge cookbook collector, and there's nothing better than having a cookbook in your hand and, you know, reading one late at night and, and just that feeling of that book in your hand. And I'm a type of guy who likes to write in my books and, you know, get my greasy paws all over it and really make it make it mine, you know, so... I, I totally can understand why why people want it. I, I think it's I think it's more practical, you know, to me at least. It's it's like a uh, it's like a good vinyl collection, right? I mean, there's something about just right. collect, you know having a record collection. Uh, the same thing with books. There's, there's when you're in your kitchen cooking, you know, there's something about having a hard copy as opposed to your iPad. It just it's just a lot more. Um, it just works for for a cooking process much better. Um, I don't want to diverge off topic here, but you brought up vinyl. Uh, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, and they talk about pieces of vinyl. Uh, Howard and, and Gary go at it all the time. I don't know if you're familiar or not, but so like, what's the deal with? Is there is there that big of a difference listening to a record than it would be punching up Spotify and listening to the same music? Huge. Um, I mean, first of all, there's the fond memory, and, and but not ever not everybody has that. But it's just that. That smell of the record playing, the crackle of the needle, the fuller sound you get. To me, it's, it's, uh, it's not the other, the other reason I like is I like to listen to an album sometimes. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the mix list. You know, you just get the random music and it changes all the time. You get your whole, your whole mix off of your iPod. With an album, you just kind of commit to, you know, the side two of Dark Side of the Moon. There's just something about that. Could be a generational thing, I'm sure. Uh, we're kind of all the same age, I would imagine. So, how old are you, Andy? Um, would you believe 38? I'll believe whatever you tell me. <laughs> I'm 48. <laughs> yeah, okay, 48. I'm 42. Chris, how old are you? I'm 48 too. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we were in the same. Uh, we went to. We graduated from high school together, same year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember 45s and 33 and a half. So, I mean, the first thing I ever bought was Duran Duran's Rio album. So, I mean, I, I certainly understand uh, owning some of those but um nevertheless let's get back on topic and i apologize for the left turn there <laughs> so chris let me ask you this first you know I, i'm a big fan of understanding nuance of business deals and all this stuff and certainly that's what book writing is too so were you guys contracted up front when you were doing wicked good barbecue to do multiple books you know like i know some guys you get okay you're gonna send this first one out but we're gonna assign you to like a 10 book deal were you multiple books up front, or was each one kind of a, a one-off deal that you put together? Each one, it was a one-off deal. You know, I think very much, you know, Andy's uh, kind of success in the restaurant business, and then we won the Jack Daniels, and some people approached us about writing a book after that, around 2010. We wrote a book, and it sold a bunch of copies. I don't know that we made a ton of money. I'm not, like, paying my kids uh, tuition on the, uh, the royalties from Wicked Good Barbecue, I can assure you that. Um, but, 
uh, it was successful. And so we signed, you know, signed us up for another one, and we they've all been one-offs. Andy, when and Chris kind of just alluded to it as far as money, you know, if this were, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, there was some really substantial, you could literally make your living writing books. And I think at least at this point, there is kind of that perception that you write books now to keep the brand out there, or it's just another way to contact your fan base or, or keep that content pushing out. I mean, is, is there... Does it have to be the right book in order to make some kind of money now versus just pushing the the brand and keeping the content coming? Well, that's a great question. You know, I mean, my mentor, Chris Lessinger, he wrote Thrill of the Grill. And that is one of the best sellers yep. um, over the last 20, 30 years. And, you know, he always told me, you know, listen, I, I do okay, but I'm not going to retire on books. And, you know, writing books, you know, Chris and I write them, you know, you make a little bit of money, but not, not much. It's really about the passion. And, and, and I really want us to say this, this book that we just wrote, Pitmaster, is about the barbecue passion. You know, we were fanboys of barbecue. We love it. We really wanted to attack this book, like, just to, just to show our enthusiasm for it. You know, our enthusiasm for competition, our enthusiasm for backyard enthusiasm for um, regionality. Um, so, you know, why to write a book? You know, yeah, brand is nice. And, uh, you know, a small advance is nice. But for us, this book was about passion. Chris, in regards to this particular book, are you being approached by the publisher this time? Or are you going somewhere to pitch the idea because you guys are so passionate about the project you want to get it out somewhere? Um, it wasn't hard to, to get a book deal, you know, cause we have a track record, we've written yep. some books. It was more about, did we have a good idea? Did we have something we're passionate about? Did we have something to say? You know, it was more about, it was more about, did we have some, like someone could come to me and say, come write a book for me. But if I don't have something to say, I'm not going to bang my head against a brick wall for nine months trying to write a book. So this is more like, you know, we had something to say. I think one of the main things we had to say is for barbecue is that we wrote wicked good barbecue. And it was very much um, our experiences from competition barbecue. There's a lot of competition recipes, a lot of kind of intense like projects, weekend projects, a lot of almost fusion-y kind of things, uh, mashups and stuff. You know, we're New England guys, so it's kind of our experience uh, from cooking from New England. And what we were, what we be, over the years, we became a little bit more passionate about and interested in regional cooking. You know, we went down to North Carolina and spent some time with Sam Jones at the Skylight Inn. And, you know, we're just blown away by the, the tradition there and how far back that went. You know, we've done a bunch of tours um, through Austin and Central Texas and, and, and those experiences. And we felt like we, we wanted to, to write about that a little bit and experience that a little bit. And that, that's a big part of what we did in the book was kind of experience, uh, talk about some of the regional, uh, the, the traditional regional areas. And where the book went after that was, you know, can, it, can you uh, evolve barbecue? Can new ideas come up in barbecue? And I think, the, you know, and, and still be kind of um, respectful of the, of the tradition. And, you know, I think we saw a lot of that. You know, certainly you see that on competition barbecue. The competition barbecue has kind of evolved into its own style, its own almost regional style. And then you see things like, I don't know, like the uh, 
like the burnt and boudin sausage at Bodacious Barbecue in Texas. That's clearly not Texan in any way, but it's fantastic. You know, who doesn't want a burnt and boudin sausage? And so, but it's not, so you kind of see these little, um, uh, evolutions of barbecue in the regions and, and that we kind of explored that a bit in the book. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. Aside from those regions and some of those things that you guys wanted to explore, Andy, you know, from a perspective book buyer's point of view, what are some of the other things that I can expect to kind of find and learn about if I get this book? Well, um, we, uh, as Chris talked about Sam Jones, we have a bunch of, uh, one is a bunch of guest pitmasters. So, um, different pitmasters from around the country, uh, Sam Jones, of course, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bill Durney and, um, from hometown in uh, in Brooklyn, uh, John Lewis, uh, a bunch of great, uh, guest pitmasters kind of all talking about philosophy and barbecue. So yeah, there's really kind of like one-off little stories that they've they've uh, they've written for the book, plus a recipe. And what's really neat about this book is whether you are a back par- back backyard novice to a competitor or anywhere in between, kind of went pretty deep in a lot of different areas. So there's something for everybody. One of the re- one of the things that if you're a competitor, um, and so in Wicked Good Barbecue, you know. We give our recipes for for the jack and how we want it. But here, we gave actually timelines of how we do our barbecue for competitions. And I, I'm not I'm not sure there's another book out there that actually gives timelines on how to you know when to fire your chicken, when to butcher your chicken, when to fire your pork. So a little bit of everything for everybody there. But the one thing I like to you know I guarantee you follow our rib recipe, the three two one ribs you're going to have the best ribs in your neighborhood, hands down. Chris, when you talk about sharing those timelines, uh, you know as well as I do, one of the hottest things out there and it has been for the last handful of years is giving competition cooking classes. And I guess just from a, a monetary standpoint, wouldn't it be easier for you guys to hold various weekends where you guys are inviting people out to the uh, New England area and you're giving like that IQ kind of cooking class and you and Andy are putting together that class and teaching it over the course of two days versus putting it in a book? Yeah, sure. Sure. And, um, you know, I've, I've taught a bunch of classes. I probably have taught, uh, you know, hundred, 150 people at, you know, half dozen classes over the years. And, uh, they're fun. They're fun. And, and yeah, they are, they are lucrative. They're, they're more lucrative than a, than a book deal. There's a really <laughs> good article. If anyone's interested about it, uh, it's the guy from, uh, Superiority Burger uh, is writing a book, and you got like a fifty thousand dollar advance, which sounds like a lot. And there's a just Google it, and uh, there's a great article about how you just chew through that and don't really make any money. And it's it's kind of <laughs> true. It's you don't really enter the book writing business to make money. Um, sometimes you get lucky. Um, so so yeah, if we were just interested in making money, probably running classes every weekend might be a better way to do that. Um, but. Uh, there's just something about, you know, heck, uh, cooking competition barbecues probably, unless you're, you know, Darren or uh, a couple of, you know, a couple of the other guys, uh, you know, cooking competition barbecue every weekend is not a really good use of your money either. But it's just mm-hmm. something about it that just draws you in in the same way. It's, uh, it's a passion. It's a, it's a love of, uh, of writing and communicating and, and cooking. 
Chris, how long does this book take to write, and how does it differ maybe in, in lengthwise and how you two are uh, interacting with each other uh, versus the other two as well? Yeah, I mean, this this was a, a year project. You know, we, uh, I mean, it's certainly in that one-year period there was some procrastination. Uh, there's a, like, like the joke is a year of work in three months, the last three months, a little bit. Um, but, uh, it, you know, uh, duration wise, it's about a year. And then when we went and, um, at the end said, oh, we need to get books for all the people that have helped us, uh, testers, editors, contributors, et cetera. It was 40 people, you know, there's 40 people, wow. 40, like big time, serious barbecue people that took the time out of their lives to help us with this book. Um, so it was a, it was more of a, a collaboration almost than it was just Andy and Chris writing the book. The, the first book was a little bit more Andy and Chris writing the book. This one was more of a collaboration. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a, it takes a lot of effort to pull it off. Andy, talk to me about the the layout or navigation of the book. How does it work from front cover to back cover? Um. So, I mean, we, we probably mentioned that we love our publishers and, um, we'd worked with them before. And, um, when we came with this project, we had certain ideas that were important to us. Hardcover being one of them, um, design layout, another one content, of course. And we really, you know, we were like, this is what we want to do. We're really not going to be flexible. You know, and they were all for it. So it was pretty neat. You know, they um, they were really flexible with us, and they would push back a little bit here and there. Um, you know, for instance, when you know Ken Goodman is is a photographer for all of our cookbooks, and he's just phenomenal. And he took that picture of that uh, of the cover, which is the uh, Chris holding a beef rib, mm. and I sent that to the publisher, and I go, I said, this is going to be the cover. And she's like, well, you know, let me, let me think about that. I'm like, no, that's the cover. And of course it ends up being the cover because they're super flexible and, you know, they, um, you know, they really wanted to work with us. And I love that, you know, the, the actual typeface, uh, the font, um, we kind of went back and forth on and, um, they really put a big fight on why it should be this particular font, which I love. And it was cool. So it's a, it's a really cool process. Where it gets difficult, and without getting too intense about it, is the final pages. When we're getting the printouts, when we're getting the actual like printouts of each one, and we have to fly through editing in, you know, what should take three weeks, they give us a week to do. And, you know, toward the end, everybody's in a rush. And it is, uh, it gets really intense at that, at that point. But, um, you know, we're real proud of what we came out with here, and, you know, Pitmaster is a really, really good, strong book. Andy Husbands and Chris Hart joining me here on the show. Guys, can I hold you over for uh, one more segment? We'll continue the uh, talk of Pitmaster. Sounds great. All right, hold on one second here, and I'll do a little business. We'll be back with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart. We're talking about the book Pitmaster. It is out, by the way, if you haven't gotten your hands on it. Hit up all the normal haunts where books are. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. If you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy one from any other company? I don't know. 
Now look, maybe you're busy working professional, perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands, and you just don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And that guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from, of course. If you love all of the tech and the high geekdom, CyberQ Wi-Fi is going to be the one you want to look at. Now, if you're looking for something more cruise controly, just something where you can set the pit temperature and that's it, the Party Q just might be the answer for you. It's all self-contained, one easy package, runs on AA batteries. It can go from one style of cooker to the next to the next. If you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the shotgun oven. Of course, this unit is fully insulated, holds a ton of meat, and it's going to work seamlessly with all the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices, so do yourself a favor. Head on over to bbqguru.com and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. Don't guess. Call them. 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or visit bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Back with more Andy Husbands and Chris Hart right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. How about medium size? Got you covered there, too. Something for tailgates or smaller events? No problem. Davy Crockett, that's the one you want. They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers and pizza inserts for the Daniel Boone and Jim Bowie as well. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You can love yours too if you visit the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. All right, we pick it up with Andy Husbands and Chris Hart here talking about the book Pitmasters. Uh, Chris, let me ask you, you know, as far as, you know, is it kind of a standard layout as cookbooks are concerned? Is it like appetizers up front, that main dishes, or how do you guys have this one particularly set up? The, the main focus is regions. So we, we have some, some particular areas that might not be completely regional, like we focus right up front on backyard cooking kind of some very basic, like Andy mentioned, like the, the classic 3-2-1 rib recipe with a couple of adjustments that we made to that, re- that classic recipe in, in the backyard uh, area. But then we go into Texas, North Carolina, um, Kansas City. Those, those are our three favorite regions and, and kind of focused on them. Some of the traditional things about those regions, side dishes, desserts, cocktails. Um, and then we get into competition barbecue as a chapter, and then we get into, um, which is my favorite chapter, uh, maybe somewhat um, uh, uh, not traditional, is the North. We have a chapter called the North, where we have like Billy Durney in in there. We have some of the stuff from Andy's restaurant in there, um, and it's kind of more of a uh, kind of new barbecue, maybe, or city barbecue, a little bit different than traditional regions. So we kind of go through regions, kind of brings us through the book. 
uh, Andy, maybe people don't understand exactly what Chris is talking about when you talk about city barbecue or, or north-style uh, north barbecue. How would you explain that to somebody if somebody was asking you? <laughs> so, I mean, it's very interesting because uh, at my restaurant, uh, one of the most popular questions I get is, where are you from? And the question really is, they're really asking is, where in the south are you from? Yeah. And, you know, it's a fine line. Um, I, you know, heritage and um, history and culture, you know, those things are really, and family, are really important in, um, in barbecue. And I, I want to try to honor all of that. Um, and being that the answer is I was born in Seattle and grew up out here on the East Coast, um, you know, um, it's something that I've had to learn. And so, you know, we try to kind of, we try to, honor all that. Um, but you know, then, then, then again, put our own, um, kind of twist on it. So my ribs are a good example of it. Um, you know, when people say, what kind of ribs, you know, are you serving? Um, and they're kind of answering, you know, are they kind of a wet Kansas city or are they a dry rub Memphis or are they a salt and pepper, Texas, you know, they're kind of a hybrid. So this is kind of what we're seeing in the North is kind of a lot of, the traditions that are being used in, in other areas, we've kind of taken them and mixed them a little bit as, as you see a lot of cuisines happen. Um, you know, and then, you know, we're not, we're using oak and uh, cherry or maple, which is, you know, indigenous to our area. So woods, are, I think, are important in using what's local and more indigenous. So it's, 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 it's kind of honoring and cherishing kind of what, what has been done and putting our own twist on it. Chris, do you want to add on that at all, or do you have a, a little bit of a different spin on it? No, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, I think the most important thing in there is that you, you're kind of, um, you know, focused on the tradition of barbecue, which is cooking with wood. Um, and, but, you know, I, you know, like I didn't grow up like Sam Jones. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with my great grandfather cooking barbecue, <laughs> cooking pigs and, over Hickory in North Carolina, and to pretend that I did would be disingenuous. And my experience is completely different. It's a different barbecue story of competition barbecue and uh, growing up in the North and not knowing a lot about it, but just becoming uh, obsessed with it and living it every single day, every weekend, cooking barbecue. Um, and so I had a different path, and that's really, I think, what's a lot in this book is that you see, like, um, See just these different uh, ways that people got kind of in, involved with barbecue. Sam has this, you know, hundred-year tradition. Whereas Billy Durney, who is one of the best barbecue cooks in the country, has been cooking for eight or ten years. Yeah. You know, he got started on a WSM in his backyard. But the neither are they're just different stories getting to the same place, which is cooking amazing American barbecue. Andy Husbands and Chris Hart joining me here on the show. All right, Chris. So let me ask you the obvious question as you thumb through the book, favorite recipe? If you had to pick one and run with it, what is it going to be? Uh, it's going to be my, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Billy Durney fanboy, so I'm going to go with the, uh, the Chinese sticky ribs, the really? New York City-style Chinese sticky ribs recipe that Billy Durney uh, provided to us in the North Chapter. What it's about a classic baby back rib? You know, you almost salt and pepper them. You just cook them till they're just tender, and then start glazing them with a sticky Chinese style barbecue sauce until they uh, kind of caramelize a little bit. No wrap. 
a little bit of sesame seeds on top, a little mm-hmm. bit of chopped scallions, and go at it. Are you a big fan of scallions, Chris? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that. No, but a little <laughs> bit of chopped scallions in the right circumstances. Yeah. Oh, those work. That All right. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I detest scallions and, and most onions, um, and I didn't know if I'm kind of in the minority on that one. Um, Andy, are you a, are you a scallion hater? Oh yes, I hate scallions. I hate most onions in general. Although I will oh, take I a, onions. I will take like that well placed uh, shallot every once in a while. But even then, it's kind of a, it's, it's a little too close to onion. So for me. on your burger, you don't like a nice no, slab of like raw no, red onion on no, your burger? No, 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 no. That that would ruin it immediately for me. But that's just yeah, me. Now, you know. Do you, do you ever wonder why? I, I hate to get too deep in this. I'm fascinated. <laughs> you know. I assume you don't have superhero taste buds. So then the question is, why do you not like onions? Um, I, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you there was a, a tragedy or something where I've, you know, kind of brain locked the fact that I'm not going to like onions. But I've <laughs> tried them over. I mean, they're they're very pungent. Um they stay in my mouth a long time. Uh, I think they also <laughs> resonate from every pore of my body like garlic does for whatever reason. Uh, so I, I choose to hate them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I really do. Okay. So, uh, Andy, your your favorite recipe if you had to uh, pick one and run? Um, well, I'm going to go with Chris's uh, butcher paper uh, brisket. Huh. Basically one of the fail-safe best briskets I've ever had. When he turned me on to this recipe, I, I just couldn't, you know, it's, it's one of the best. And if not that, then I'm going to go with my hot links because my hot links can uh, will stand up to anybody's They're pretty good. So let me ask you guys, uh, and I would love to get your take, both of your take on this. I was kind of giving some brisket advice to uh, a friend of mine here, local Cleveland, and he had said overall the results were fine, kind of what he was looking for, but he was looking for crispier bark. And I said, well, you know, I told you about wrapping and things that you were going to be sacrificed. Because there's always trade-offs and sacrifices when you're doing certain things, whether it's business or cooking or whatever. So do you have suggestions for him to to get that crispy bark? Do you have to relinquish all wrapping in order to do that? No. Chris has an answer for this. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I, 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 I do think that, I mean, Aaron Franklin or someone will strike me down or, or whatever. John Who? Marcus will strike me down. But, but uh, I, I do think the wrap is, is generally a good step. Yeah. Um, not just for com- – I mean, obviously in competition, you definitely want that step. But anywhere it's a good step. And the only thing I'd say about it is that it doesn't have to be a long step. Right, it, it needs to be like when you get the brisket up to about 175, even as much as 180, it's like getting close to done. Wrap it. And then let it get up into the 200s in the wrap. Now, if you want crispy bark, what are we going to do? We're going to take it out of the wrap, re-rub it, put it on the pit for another hour at low temperature, and it's going to crisp up nicely. There you go. And you're not going to overshoot your finished temp? I, I don't, on a low pit temp, I don't think so, for you know 30 to 60 minutes. No. You, know, you take it out of that wrap at 200, you put it on a 225, 250-degree pit on a, on a re, re-rub, um, it won't overshoot. A B B the other the other step there is tight wrap. Right? If you if you put it into a in a pan and just like tent it, it's gonna steam up and blow out your 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 uh your bark. But if you tightly wrap it with no liquid added, 
it's really not the, the bark will soften, but it won't get blown out. So no liquid in the wrap, um, tightly wrapped. Um, a little bit later in the temperature uh, spectrum, like 170s, take it out at 200, re-rub it, 30 to 60 minutes on a low pit, you're going to be where you want to be. Now, that's foil. Uh, you can also do butcher paper, too, or no? That's only for a hole. Butcher paper works great, too. Yeah, yeah butcher paper works great, too. You get a little bit more, um, you know, the heat kind of permeates through the paper a little bit better than foil. The, if there's any steam that kicks up, it will permeate through the paper. And uh, if, you're, if you're really into bark, you, the paper's probably a better way to go. All right. Um, Andy, anything to add to that? No, that's what I was waiting to hear. It's just the, uh, you know, it's the reset. And, and we, we, we'll fool around with that a little bit at the smoke shop, you know, because we, we're going to wrap, um, but then we try to kind of reset it, kind of almost like almost resting it in the smoker and trying to get that bark back again because you got to have the bark. It's just it's such an integral part of, of it. But just, yeah, that should do it. All right, last question, guys, and I appreciate the time. And I've always wanted to ask this question to a chef, and rarely do, I guess, chefs come on the show. So, Andy, you're the one of the few that, uh, you know, risk life and limb to come into the Barbecue Central Show jungle. <laughs> Talk to me about these terms, pitmaster and chef. And are they separate okay. terms in your opinion? And if so, how are you discerning between the two? And then we'll get Chris's take. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm qualified that's, to answer that's that. That's a really no, good question. You're a chef, right, Andy? Um, classically so, trained I mean, chef? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. classically trained. I went to school for it. I worked in the ranks. A chef. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, these days. You want me to say, you, you, you need a lifeline, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, why don't you go for this one? I mean, the classical definition of a chef is they've run a professional kitchen. Being a chef doesn't necessarily mean you're a good cook. Andy can disagree now. Maybe I'm veering off a little bit. But no, you know, the right. real yeah. definition of a chef is that you run a professional kitchen. And a, a pitmaster is a completely different thing. You know, a pitmaster is more in the vein of a, um, a sommelier or somebody that built, makes uh, charcuterie. You know, somebody that, that, is, uh, that, that um, executes a craft. Now, that's what a pitmaster is. Rarely are they a chef. Um, a pitmaster is normally somebody that executes a craft at a very high level. You, you see, barbecue. I see a lot of pitmasters uh, either referring, uh, uh, glossing themselves chef, or people just kind of anointing that phrase chef to, to pitmasters. Uh, I could not necessarily uh, – I'll buy into your – a description of what a pitmaster is, somebody that's being able to execute a, a craft or a skill. I agree with that. But to me, chef seems to be something that you have to earn. Um, I don't also call myself uh, sergeant or captain. Uh, that's something that you need to earn. There's ranks to go through there. So I think throwing the word chef and pitmaster around um, in some type of a, uh, of a cinnamon or a synonym or their interchangeable terms is completely wrong. And yeah, maybe I, and maybe disrespectful. Yeah, if you don't run a professional kitchen, you, you probably shouldn't call yourself a chef. On the other hand, some of the most inspirational cooking events that I've ever been part of have been conducted by non-chefs. Sure. Like 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 the like uh, so like the chef thing doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a rank that indicates you're a good cook or a bad cook. 
And so I, I think there is a term missing for those super inspirational, like a, um, I don't know, like a, a Mexican grandmother who cooks a mole. It could be the best culinary experience of your life, but she's not a chef. Right. Uh, so, but there's still a term, a little bit of a term, I think, in the culinary world missing for those kind of people. We've entered muddy waters that we're going to have to clear up at some point. But <laughs> I got a great idea, you three. We're going to write a book about it. And it's going to be a bestseller, no doubt about it. Uh, we're talking with Andy yeah. Husbands and Chris Hart. Uh, guys, where can we find the book? Everywhere. Amazon's probably the best place. Amazon is the yeah, best place? Amazon's probably the best place, but pretty much everywhere it's out there. Okay. It's uh, yeah. Andy Husbands. Uh, Andy, plug your restaurants, please. Uh, the Smoke Shop in, in Cambridge and Tremont 647 in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, Chris, what would you like to plug this evening? I have one small, I have a new, uh, so I've been picking up my competition uh, barbecue thing a little bit this season. I'm I'm cooking like six or eight contests this year, yeah. and I have a new sponsor. My new sponsor, Smart Chicken, helping me out this season. Sweet. All right. So uh, will you be shooting back for the Jack? Um, we'll see how it goes. I've been practicing. I'm liking <laughs> what I'm doing. We'll see what happens. There you go. All right. It's in the judge's hands. Uh, yeah. Chris Hart, Andy Husbands, boys, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, success with the book. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. You got it. it. There they are. Take care, These two. Thank you, Greg. Love Andy Husbands and uh, Chris Hart joining me. Fabulous. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. I love the virgin taste, right? Yeah, man. I love, uh, obviously, know each other really well. I would... I would love to be a fly on the wall when they when they take divergent opinions or ways that things should be done. I would love that. Nothing better than a good New England brouhaha or debate. Let's say debate. Fight seems like so put them up, put them up. I like debate. All right, thanks again. The, the, the book Pitmaster, uh, try and find it on Amazon or wherever else books are sold. Chris Hart, Andy Husbands. All right, gang, if you're like me, you love to step up the barbecue and grilling game, and there's no better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue your uh, barbecue to your arsenal. In fact, I have no better example than what transpired this week. If you follow me on social media, you knew I was kind of off the grid. That was done by choice. But my parents were in town uh, this past week. They're actually in town here for the next uh, week and a half or so, but they were with uh, us over the last um, four or five days. Did a lot of cooking outdoors. Did a lot of using butcher barbecue products. We used the ready-made injection, the pork injection, and the beef injection. It's right in the bottle. My dad was like, it's already mixed. I said, yes, Dave has made even the stupid people able to be able to barbecue. Thank goodness Dave has fixed the stupid. Also, we hand-tasted the honey rub, the brisket rub. We also were taking tastes of cherry rub, pecan rub, the uh, Dave Triple Secret Blend rub. Come on. It's it's the Chipotle rub, of course. There's a new rub that I'm going to be announcing next week that is uh, might blow your socks off. So stay tuned for that next week. I'm going to reveal it. I'm going to show you all everything about it. Here's what you have to do. You need to go over to butcherbbq.com and stock up on their products. The sauce is absolutely sensational. We have that on the table as we ate chicken. 
and ribs over the past weekend. Kind of, we had to dodge the raindrops on uh, Sunday, so we had to move the cook back to Saturday, but went off without a hitch. A lot of Butcher Barbecue products out there helping me pull it off. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. One of the other things that I told my dad about that he got to see firsthand, the grilling oil. Oh, I don't know if I could have made a quicker fan than that. Maybe I did. All right, uh, we'll be back right after this to wrap up the first hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase you can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. You can also download the Cooking Pellets app when some really great shipping prices come out. You will be alerted by the app, which is free, by the way. Again, the website CookingPellets.com or buy on Amazon.com as well. John Dawson weighing in with an email. Rems, let me break down the vinyl situation. Vinyl records are like bell-bottoms. They suck the first time, and they suck. And they still suck. It's just another contrived hipster wannabe cool fad. I'm a man. I'm 40. What are you talking about, John? <laughs> John letting it go with both barrels. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I used to have records, but that was like really before tapes, not eight track tapes. Eight trap tapes. Uh, eight track tapes were the bomb. You stick those fat cartridges in there. And then, like, if you didn't like the song that was playing, you could hit, like, the skip button, and then it would skip, like, right into the middle of the next song. (laughs) Wait, so now I have to figure out mathematically where I want to skip in order to get to the song that might be starting next. No, thank you. When audio tape came out, that was, like, a savior. And then CDs were, like, the best ever. And now Spotify for $9.99... I can get full albums. I can create custom playlists. I get that it's experience, but not for me. Get that big stuff out of here. And I love process. I love making old-time cocktails and stuff like that. Love that. I don't know if I'm jacked up about firing up a old turntable and listening to Peace in a Fire. Yeah, I got Peace in a Fire. Okay, okay. Look, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I can't do uh, Gary Delabate. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. That's the argument on the Howard Stern Show. Howard 
not even remotely understanding how Gary could have hundreds of pieces of vinyl. Which I happen to agree that the term pieces of vinyl is kind of creepy. I got pieces of vinyl. Yeah, bad. I got pieces of vinyl, bad. Let's go listen to my vinyl collection. Okay. Let's not. Get that big stuff out of here. However, if that's what you're into, good for you. You do that. In fact, I uh, would beg an invitation to hear how rich the sound is. That's John Dawson weighing in right there. All right, thanks again to Chris Hart and Andy Husbands for joining me this past segment. If you want to get their book, Pitmasters, it is for sale. I have a link in the show notes on the newsletter. It will also, uh, I'm sorry, it will be, I know, I'm no sour shoes. Hello, George Decay. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want a link to Pitmasters, the book, you can hit my show notes after the show post around 11.55 this evening and uh, link over from there and grab it off of Amazon. Amazon. All right, uh, I'm going to reload my beverage, and when we come back, we'll be into the second hour. A couple great interviews lined up for you there. We'll get some other stuff, talk about who's getting into the Hall of Fame this year and who isn't. And as always, you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue in Boise, Idaho, and I've got it locked on the 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? <laughs> You have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate two feet before we nursed. Oh listen, Laverne, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach to eat. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right. We're back here for the second hour. Here we go, folks. That's right. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We do it here live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. If you've ever wanted to hear this show live, that's the time you want to do it. By the way, I ask everybody at least once a year if you've always been a podcast, which I love. If you go back and look at the statistical analysis of this show, 99.876% of you get this show through download only. You don't watch the live show. 
It is a insanely small amount. Minuscule, I believe is the word, that actually is tuning in live Tuesdays from 9 to 11, which I certainly appreciate. I mean, after all, I'm doing it live. But by and large, it's way more convenient for people to subscribe to the show on iTunes or through uh, the Google Play Music or however you find your podcast feeds. And then magically you wake up on Wednesday, you see there's a new show, and then you consume it throughout that day or whatever. But it is a live show. First and foremost, Tuesdays, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I ask each and every one of you that have never gotten the show live, make it a point at some point between now and the end of the year to tune in for a live show and see what happens as it's happening. Remember, as you're getting this in podcast, even though it's new to you, it's not live. I could have gone in and doctored some of the footage. Maybe there was a tremendous technical error. Maybe somebody got loose on a phone call and I decided to take that out. I mean, who knows what I'm doing in post-production. But if you listen to it live, you get to enjoy whatever happens. And who knows? That's what I say. You never know what can happen when it's going live. Just like I tell you to get in on the chat room and see what's happening in the chat room over at OutdoorCookingChannel.com. It's the show within the show. All right, still to come tonight on the show is Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers in about 11 minutes from now. And then at 1035, Jeff Staney will be joining me from Slaughterhouse 5 and Joe's KC. I had briefly mentioned it on the way out of the first or opening segment of the show about an hour ago. Breaking news as of last Wednesday and announcing the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductees. And they are, in no particular order, you know them, famous Dave Anderson. He's in the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame. This person was on the show uh, two weeks ago collecting some Barbecue Central Show karma on her way to winning yet another Whole Hog World Championship. Melissa Cookston, 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee or inductee. And rounding out, of course, I just mentioned it. Pitmaster of Slaughterhouse 5 and owner of Joe's KC, Jeff Staney. That's your class of three. And by and large, not even by and large, I happen to agree. Now, some people maybe won't, but I'm here to tell you that I am absolutely 100% okay with everybody that has been selected. Jeff Staney, fine. Melissa Cookston, fine. Famous Dave Anderson, fine. I'm absolutely happy with all three of them, and I might send my... uh, Congratulations out to them as well. Oh, dear. Honey, this is your mother calling. Uh, yes, Mom? Uh, what can I do for you? Well, I, you know, I secretly listen to the show because I'm very busy doing these things around the house for your father. And I remember you saying, uh, please vote for me uh, for Hall of Fame and things like this and... Be bothered with spam email from the American Royal and fill these forms out seven times. 
However, they had me do it, and every time I fill it out for you, because you said you wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, and I'm so very sorry that you didn't get in. Well, I mean, Mom, I, look, I certainly appreciate the fact that you're calling in and sending me, I guess, what are condolences, or you're trying to, are you worried that I might cry or something like that? Of course I'm not worried that you're going to cry. You're 42 years old. What are you going to be crying about? Uh, trust me, with what you have going on, if you haven't cried by now, you're not going to cry. What does that even mean? If I, if I haven't cried by now? Just never mind. So, look, I'm very busy of... Who are you talking to? I'm talking to Greg. He didn't get into the Hall of Fame again. The what? The Hall of Fame... He wanted to get into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. How did you... How do you get into the Barbecue Hall of Fame? I would like to get in there. Can I do that? Well, sure, next year. Just go ahead and throw your name in. Start your own show. You Maybe you could get in, like uh, Greg, although he didn't seem to get enough votes. I don't know if it had anything to do with votes. Who, who knows how the operation works? Do you know how the operation works, Mom? Uh, look, don't... Don't question your mother. I'm not going to sit here and explain life to you. But, uh, you, look, mister, you're in a basement. You're doing this show. You're 42. Toughen up. This is a life. Sometimes you get picked for the Hall of Fame, or in your case, you continually don't get picked. Why do you have to be so brutal? What are you doing? You gotta make that kid cry again. Uh, look, he's very big now, and he can uh, help himself. What do you got to be so mean for? He just didn't get picked for the Hall of Fame, and now here we go. All right, look, uh, everything is fine. Uh, I just wanted to briefly mention the people that are in there, and that's it. That's all. All right. You just keep telling yourself that you're fine and it doesn't matter, and work that out in therapy next week. All right, I, that's what I will do. I'm more than happy to do that. Not only am I more than happy to, I'm capable. Thank you. My parents telling me what time it is. Jeez, hello. So, I am happy to tell you one thing. Uh, and look, we have a little fun at my expense about not getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And, and really, that's not it at all. What I'm most excited about is I was corresponding with Jeff Staney earlier, and I said, hey, for the show tonight, uh, because I didn't see it around, how are you going in? Are you businessman or are you pitmaster? And he said, well, uh, this year they've done away with the categories. And I immediately jumped up into elation and said, I've done it. I've done it. The years and years and years of rallying against most of the Hall of Fame for barbecue. And again, not anything to do with people that are currently in or being now inducted into this year's class. No, no. Much respect and much love and well-deserved, I might add. But if you go back and listen to this show, you know A... What the hell is with these categories? Why categories? 
Why do we have to put a label on everything? Why not just put people in? And if it's three people, it's three people. And who's behind this American royal voting? How are they voting? What are the methods? What are the discussions? Well, I can tell you, none of that's coming forward. None of that. However, I can tell you that somebody got smart and got on their, here's what's going to happen from here on out. And they did away with those categories, which is a very good idea. So thank you for that. American Royal, even though you didn't pick me this year, thank you for getting rid of the categories. Thank you. Love it. Once again, famous Dave Anderson, Melissa Cookston, Jeff Staney, your, uh, whatchamacallit, 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, the National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club was off this past weekend, of course, for the holiday, and they will be heading to Laurel, Maryland this weekend. So good luck to anybody that's going to be competing out there in Maryland. Of course, the uh, uh, is it the Mideast Barbecue or Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Society or whatever it is out there? Huge out there. Maryland always has great turnouts for competitions. So if you're going to be around that area, stop down. Say hi to everybody that's going to be competing. And good luck to those at those uh, Laurel, Maryland Sam Club. Sterling Ball coming up out of the break. Look, if you didn't know, by the way, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue. A comprehensive selection of all American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa's made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. Their rubs have almost won every major barbecue competition, period. They have also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker and The Guinea Pig. On top of all of that, Big Papa's has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only six years, six of being in business. Here's what they're doing. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head still, creating their own unique competitions, of course, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, that being BJ's Restaurant Brewhouse. And, most importantly, benefiting children's charities across the U.S. And it continues to be only the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. They have some huge things in the works that are just going to make you go bonkers. In a good way. The website, by the way, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. And, by the way, we'll be back with Sterling Ball right after this. So stick around. We'll be right back. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. 
a man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories keeps your... Hello? Hello? Everybody got me? Keeps your gear where it needs to be at arm's length, ready for battle. By the way, Rocket Hot Chimney Griller, also available for sale at BigPapaSmokers.com. Of course, you can still buy all their products at Unknown Smoker Accessories at UnknownBBQ.com slash shop today. That's UnknownBBQ.com slash shop. And I believe we are... Potentially in a uh, situation, as it were. <clears throat> Guess we'll see. Well, we did hang up there, but... That's alright, we still seem to be plugging along. However methodically in the bowels of barbecue. Alright, uh, let me talk to you uh, quickly and tell you that this past weekend, the best damn barbecue competition took place in Boulder City, Nevada. Scoring a 699.4, walking away with the GC, and continuing yet another great competition season is the pitmaster of Big Pop Smokers. So let's go ahead and race to the Smithfield Hotline and welcome friend of the show, Sterling Ball, back. Sterling, how are you, buddy? Hey, Chef. How are you? <laughs> Look at this guy. All right. Uh, chief instigator. Uh, you talk to me about pitmaster slash chef. Well, you know, I'm very lucky and fortunate to do culinary development with the team at BJ's Brewhouse, which yeah. is 180 stores. And um, I work with uh, Scott Rodriguez, who's also a pit master. And some people like to use the word chef, and I'm very, no. And, and you know, Scott's the chef. Julie's the chef. I just have some ideas and, and can cook a little bit. But I, I think it's really bad. I mean... Scott went to Johnson and Wales. Other guys go to CIA, go to something. I just, I'm self-taught, so I would never call myself a chef or allow it to be. So my uh, uniform I have to wear at BJ's, even though I violate the dress code by wearing shorts, is a chef's coat, but it says chief instigator. That's why I said that. Now, Sterling, uh, Chris Hart and uh, Andy Husbands both said that, you know, just because you're a chef doesn't mean you know how to cook and that the term pitmaster is somebody that can really execute a skill or is really able to uh, perform something at a, at a very high level. Uh, so do you agree with that assessment? I don't know about the word pit master. I didn't, yeah. I really didn't know about it, the word very much. I just kind of cook outside or actually know in a trailer, but I guess I'm a pit master, but I think I just cook. Everybody wants a label, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have more than I want. <laughs> uh, Sterling, you know, from a high level, uh, let's look back at this past weekend. Oh, thank and... you. Wait, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying from a high level. <laughs> thanking you. Thank you. Um, you. You take Grand Champion at Boulder City, Nevada, and, and as you look back, 
you know, anything you had to contend with that you didn't expect or you don't see coming? No, no. I, uh, I'll tell you what, it's a place I have very warm feelings about. Uh, I was talking to Kelly Wirtz cause he has shares those feelings as do most people. And, you know, they have a car show and I'm a car nut. They have a bunch of things for the kids and, um, the community supports it in an amazing way. There's a beautiful park in the center. It just feels great. And so I look forward to that contest every year. It probably, probably is my favorite place. You know, certainly winning an event regardless of location is special, but do you find that there are certain regions or areas in the country that you're doing better in for one reason or another? Well, I, I don't know. I mean... I like to think about the late, great Matt Dalton, and I don't want to think about that. You know, he talks about barbecue karma. You'll never hear me say, oh, I'm going to try and defend my title, or, oh, I won this thing before, so I'm going to win it again. It's every day, every contest you're pulling in, it's a different deal. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I think about Matt, and I, I hear pitmasters say that, and Matt used to say it, and you know, Matt's barbecue caramel lines right there. I mean, we have been really lucky at a, at a few places, and Boulder City's one of them. You know, it's funny you talk about Matt Dalton, and uh, of course, he was the, the the late pitmaster, left coast Q, and I had had him on the very first time he had won his grand championship out in uh, Wildemar, and then he had experienced quite a, a decent amount of success, and then I think he kind of was feeling himself a little bit got away from things that were helping him win and kind of rode that weird elevator down into barbecue obscurity, but found the necessary things to, to gird him back up. And all of a sudden we're, we're back like a year or two later talking about another grand championship at Wildemar where he won his first one. Uh, you know, he's a very unique person. Yeah, by the way, we, yeah. we, won, we won our first one at Wildemar too. So, uh, well, that's barbecue karma. Uh, yeah. Matt was a, I, I still love Matt Dalton. Yep. I always will. I miss him greatly. Um, and he would really enjoy the way it's going in California this year. A lot of different people are winning. The, the vibe is great. A lot of good cooks. Everything's great. Uh, talk to me about your next competition. Where's that going to be at? Uh, well, I'm going to talk to you about, I want to finish. Kelly Wirtz said something that's really important. And yep. by the way, I think Kelly behaves. If there's a pit master, it's Kelly. Yep. Okay. He's a pro pit master. Um, but Kelly said, you know what people don't get is a barbecue contest on its own is not a community event. And he was absolutely right because the, um, coupled with things like car shows and dog shows and, uh, kids queue and all that, it, they are, but, and that's what makes, that's what makes it great. And I think that's something promoters should look to things to, uh, kind of, piggyback with because i think it it makes the barbecue contest more effective for the community sterling is there a misconception or a a vocal minority that is saying hey we want competitions that have bigger bigger purses but there aren't things that are going around those like these uh, aforementioned things that you're talking about to, to kind of help breed that you know as we covered that a million times um you know it, but you'd certainly like the the purses to keep pace with the cost of cooking, and you certainly like and be deeper, and that's what makes the Smithfield Grant so great. And in the, in the twenty five contests that they added five thousand dollars to, where it's dedicated straight to the prize pool, and the other ten contests that they just couldn't say no to, so they gave them a thousand dollars each. 
So yeah, we need to get we need to get more money. But I also think, as as cooks or pitmasters, we need to realize that we've got to kind of talk to the crowd and engage, and maybe not back our trailer away from the the fans. Sterling Ball joining me here on the show, uh, Big Papa Smokers head instigate lead instigator, I guess. Um, so aside from the competing thing, which uh, we all know you do very well. We're also retailing a lot of barbecue stuff. You have the online presence, BigPapaSmokers.com. What has you excited in the backyard right now as you look at stuff? Uh, my neighbor. hey oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Actually, he's 90, and he always comes over to talk to me. He's great. And it, it's always, I can tell him the same story. It's perfect. I look, I have a passion for cooking. I've always loved it. It's what made me get into this at a late age. And there's always stuff coming out that's great. Uh, you know, I I really like, even though it's mine, I love the pork prod we came out with. We got chicken prod coming out in a couple of weeks, but I think it's really, the guys that are using it are doing really well with it. Um, Steph Franklin's come up with one of his best rubs ever. It's called Genie's Trinity. And, uh, you know, we got a first place chicken using some Genie's Trinity Last week, Steph got a perfect, perfect week before. I think Andy Allen, quite a few people in um, chicken prod, which is not yet. I know Scott Key has gotten 180. So, but I love I love Trinity. It's got it's got some nice heat to it, and I think heat is good. Um, I love the barbecue vortex because I love Weber kettles and I love drums. And the vortex, if you haven't seen it, is a stainless cone that whether you turn it upside down or uh, right side up, you either got a really good infrared for vertical chicken or a real turbo, like almost a jet engine for uh, reverse searing. Uh, so you can put the, the meat and especially great for the wings. So I love that. Um, Unknown Barbecue down in Florida, I think is making really, really great accessories. Like the hinges, I think you have one on your pit uh, barrel, right? Yeah, I do. And, and um, you know, I, I always tell people from a, a handyman's point of view, if it's something that I can assemble or put on, anybody can do it. And I did it like in 10 minutes tops. Yeah. Well, I have it for the, I use it on my drum and my Weber. And, um, you know, I sort of have a lot of cookers. But the chimney grate uh, grill, where yeah. it sits on top of a Weber chimney, this thing is great, and I've been playing around with it, seeing how few charcoal I can get to do a just normal cook. Uh, if I want to do black and blue, let's say you're cooking on a pellet cooker and you want to sear at the end, I think it's awesome. One of your sponsors that I'm not a dealer for, yeah, Barbecue Guru, I think that the uh, party cue, uh, dads ask, tell your family, that's nice. It's battery powered. It's self-contained. It really makes a drum and many other things absolute set and forget it. So, you want me to keep going? Yeah, I mean, I think if we're talking about products that are either going to make your life easier or they're good gifts, we probably want to know. Well, I like the Chops Power Injector. I sell them. I use it uh, on my briskets, and brisket's been our best category this year. Um, at home, I use it on pork. I don't use it on competition pork. Um, the drums are really fun, and I love gateway drums. I, you know, you would think because I make a drum kit that it, there would be something weird there, and there's not at all. I I sell gateways. I love what Tim's doing there. 
I love what Brad's doing. All the all the drum cookers, I think it's awesome. Um, but on our drum, we have um, some new stuff coming in about 60 days. Beefier stainless grate, a beefier basket, and a stainless hanging system. Is it tough? To, is it, it is it tough to delineate but, between the the barrel cookers? Like, are, is one good for this and, and one good for that, or are they roughly similar? Well, yeah, they are. Look, they're, they're different. I'll tell you. I think I like I like mine as a grill better. I think I like Tim's as a as a smoker better. But they'll. That's not to say that they both don't do. Um either very well i mean but i you know listen i've got a stainless drum bbs stainless drum right next to it in my backyard as a gateway so i I love that mole run tim he's got these little miniature bottles of blues arc which are great like little bombers it's almost like airline (laughs) bottles of booze and uh we jesse wanted to bring them in jesse who runs bps and said sure and you know we sell them they're really kind of nice to have and they're in all of all of the Blues Hog flavors. So that's kind of a nice Father's Day gift. Um, I'm loving Daigle's pecan garlic sauce at home. I think it's just awesome. A lot of guys are using it in competition. Yeah. I haven't really figured out how to do it, but I absolutely love it. And then last but not least, if you're looking for a grill, I think the M Grill, young guy out of Texas, I think he really perfected the Hasty Bake. And, uh, I love the M Grill, so th- those are the those are the products that that I really like right now. Are you still? Do you use uh, Blues Hog sauce for competition, or just in the backyard? That'd be, that'd be inappropriate, Greg. No, it would to dis- to to disclose that. Be more specific. <laughs> Does anybody not use Blues Hog when they're competing or in no. the backyard? Do I use it on my chicken? <laughs> yes. Do well, I use it on my ribs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's still so, yeah, it's still like hugely prevalent that you know of, right? I, uh, yes. Yeah. I think. Wow. I think it's fab. I think there's a lot of great sauce out there, but you know, I certainly wouldn't go to a competition without blue sauce. Are you surprised that it, it, it has that it has had that staying power? Um. Yeah, but I mean the. It's like the reports of Blues Hog death are greatly exaggerated. You hear that all the time. And, you know, the other thing is how you're cooking things. I mean, using this new uh, Trinity on my chicken with the Blues Hog makes the Blues Hog taste different. Yeah. I think Blues Hog's had a great look, though, too. I think it really looks good in the box. Hey, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, sir, and we talked about a lot of uh, equipment, per se, but you also sell apparel. And one of my favorite shirts that you have... It says something to the effect of, like, a cook's food is rarely as bad as the judge says or as good as the cook thinks. It, yeah, how well, how, how well does that sound? It says your food, your, food is rarely, um, your food is never as bad as the judges say and rarely as good. Yeah, is, is that, that was bestseller? Cool, trying to give people perspective. Yeah. Ask me where that is yeah. in sales for T-shirts among barbecue. It's so, got to be bestseller, right? Last place. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like no, my food's always good. Yeah. So if the if the cook if the shirt would have said something to the effect of like you know the, the judge is always bad, it would have been like number one selling shirt ever. Well, I, I don't know. I may try it, but I don't believe that. So 
yeah, I mean, I think we could go into judging. I think judging has a lot of room for improvement. But, yeah, I think maybe if I just said something negative about people being overjudged. But, again, you know I've said this before. I think I think overjudging is, is really worse because you keep it forever. I mean, you get beat by a table of death, but you also get beat by an angel table if you're not on it. Yeah, and nobody talks about the angel table. Well, you know what? The real truth is it's a marathon, okay? And this year, cooking from California, we've lost a bunch of contests, and I haven't been able to cook two of them so far. And, you know, I've cooked 25 contests, and I've had to do nine states in the last two years to do it. I can't do it this year. Um, so those kind of things like tables really hurt the cook who cooks less. Um, in a perfect world, I'd like it all right, but... You know, we're going to be lucky to get 19 cooks in this year, wow. and we're trying to cook. Sterling, I have like uh, three and a half minutes left, and uh, I wanted to ask you about your buddy Jeff Staney going into the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a very well and accomplished pitmaster on the competition scene, also on the business side of thing with Joe's KC. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Jeff getting this honor? Well, First of all, I honestly believe, well, I love Melissa again, and, and, you know, Famous Dave is a big name. And, um, but, you know, Jeff, it's really Jeff and, and Joy, and I'm not saying that to be patronizing, but she's been there every step of the way with him in every way. But I think Jeff Staney is smart. I think Jeff Staney's a great uh, barbecue person. I think he, they, Jeff and Joy created, um, an, an, you know, the, the finest barbecue or biggest barbecue restaurant, no. probably both in the world. Um, they, they created the first barbecue store, the Kansas city barbecue store that, um, that I compete with, but still I sell them product for bricks and mortar, but they're, it's a great store that does a lot for, for barbecue and specifically in Kansas city. And Jeff, um, I tease him that when he run the Royal both times, he was cooking on a petrified log cooker because it was so long ago, but Jeff's back into barbecue and he's, he's an exceptional cook and his partner JB is great. Um, and then Larry. So I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. I think I'm looking forward to a couple more years of the hall of fame because they're just trying to get the right, the right people in there. And we're, you know, these were very good choices this year, but there's, there's some people that really still need to get in there. All right. You don't have to beat around the bush. Just tell me who you think needs to get in there. You. That's it. You took the bait. What a guy. Um, the check is in the oh, mail, as always. <laughs> no, I think, I think Duffy Stone. I think Darren should be in the Hall of Fame. Personally, I think Darren Worth is, if there's a big money contest, yeah, he's he's going to win it. Um, and Sherry, by the way, keeping with the, the couple, I think, yeah. uh, I think there's no greater ambassador for barbecue. I don't know. I don't think he has to win anything more to get in, and I don't know why you'd wait. So, but I, I'm biased, you know, because they're, specifically the greatest brand ambassadors on earth. But I mean, Darren's won Houston. He's won King of the Smokers. He's, he's won Kingsford. He's won the Jack. Open. He's won the Royal. He's, you know, and he's won probably 75, 80 times. I also, I do weigh majors higher. And what Darren and Sherry do in majors is just insane to me. Do you think that he would ever really feature a Memphis and May just to say he took down them all? You know what? I don't know. I here here's what it is. 
if he finds a really good hamburger in Memphis or better fried chicken in Gus's, and there's a group of people that go down there like 5 o'clock somewhere in Randy Twyford, I think he might see him down there. I mean, I think his perspective is really important yeah. and, and really should be looked at by a lot of people. Darren's thing is top 10. You know, I want to win, but top 10, move on, have fun. If you're not having fun, and there's been times where I didn't have fun in this, and I'm having a ton of fun now, and I, Darren has been very influential in that. Uh, Sterling Ball is the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers. The website, of course, to, to get all this gear that we talked about this evening is BigPapaSmokers.com. Anything on the way out, Sterling? Uh, no, I just I, I, congratulations to Jeff coming on. And, uh, you know, I, I do like uh, I do like that he's in there. I want you, next time you're in uh, Kansas City, I want him to take you to the uh, the Hall of Fame and see the exhibit. See his bust? Yeah. All yeah. right. I'll ask he's him bust. about it when um, he's on next segment. We'll, we'll go through the shrine. <laughs> all right. I'll even listen. I'll all see right. you. All right. Thanks. There he is. Sterling Ball. Right there on uh, the Smithfield Hotline. All guests hotline. on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. <laughs> and Sterling is a beauty, man. I love Sterling. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS power injector system. He just mentioned it in our segment. The 2015-16-17 Barbecue Tool of the Year, according to the NBBQA. Let me break it down here. There's three different sizes to choose from. The half-gallon chops power injector system designed for competitions or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole bunch of good stuff. It costs 100 bucks, and you get to pay the shipping on top of that. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half gallon. Some use it in competitions, like when you're doing MBN whole hog or MIM whole hog, or you're cooking 10 shoulders to get a perfect one. This one comes with the same amount of good stuff as a half gallon. It costs 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. Then you have the CHOPS full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. It's not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he has said time and time again that with the CHOPS full-power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole bunch of good stuff. Plus, it's I'm sorry, plus it's $325, and you pay the shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use CHOPS power injectors every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Why? Because we live in a foodie world and we require flavor in every bite. That's why. This is how you do it and do it fast. It's not just for me. How about alcohol-infused watermelon or honeydews? You can do it with the CHOPS full power injector system. If you want extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles, a whole bunch of stuff. Here's what you do. You go to barbecuekansascity.com, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, Com, get the CHOPS Power Injector System. Give your barbecue some power. Three-time NBBQA Tool of the Year. Jeff Staney coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. 
in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. The biggest name in pork is continuing to give you ways to get smoking with Smithfield. Check out their Committed Cooks program if you haven't done it already. You can learn more at cooking. I'm sorry, uh, sorry, smokingwithsmithfield.com. That's smoking, S-M-O-K-I-N, smokingwithsmithfield.com. Uh, if there are openings still, it's like 20 bucks. You get over $100 worth of cool stuff, hats, shirts, stickers, all the good stuff. Smokingwithsmithfield.com. Appreciate their uh, continued sponsorship of this show. All right, closing the show tonight is a barbecue legend. He'll be enshrined to the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year, along with Melissa Cookston and famous Dave Anderson. Here to talk about that, as well as some other barbecue topics, is the pitmaster of Slaughterhouse 5, the owner of Joe's KC, and the Kansas City Barbecue Store. Let's head to the Smithfield Hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, Jeff Staney, joining me here. Jeff, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Mike? Absolutely fabulous, Jeff. Appreciate you making time. For the show this evening. So, you know, I guess right up front, I know there's like zero chance of us covering the whole barbecue landscape that you've uh, been able to cover during your time in it so far. But let's go ahead and start, I guess, with the most recent announcement first. Uh, that, of course, that you're going to be inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame a little later this summer. Jeff, when you look back at how this whole thing kicked off for you back like in that 1990 range, did you ever fathom that one day you would be able to look ahead and realize you're going to be garnering such an honor? No, ab- absolutely not, Greg. You know, this this was a hobby that I that I fell in love with. I've always loved cooking. I fell in love with barbecue. I fell in love with the the hobby and or sport of competition barbecue. And, you know, it led into the business. And I think my, one of my goals, I've told a lot of people, is when I got into the barbecue business, I just didn't want to do another resume. So um, I wanted barbecue to be my career. And I've been very, very blessed. I've had great people along the way. You know, I've had a competition career, a, a, a restaurant career, a, a, a barbecue, you know, goods and services career. I'm in the sauce and rub business. And, you know, I just, I live and breathe barbecue. So I guess I've just been there picking up different, different little things that I've kind of stumbled across over the years. Jeff, if we look back, do you recall specifically what drew your attention in the competition barbecue in the first place? I think it was the word competition. I think that I'm a very competitive person. I love to play golf. I was active in sports as a kid. I think I would have done, if, they, if there were cake baking competitions, and there are now, but back then there weren't, it would have been any, anything that involved food and competition. At the end of the day, uh, there was a winner. And in the, in the middle of all that, there was, there was associating with uh, you know, camaraderie and associating with like-minded people. I'd have done it. Bar- barbecue was just the, it was the vehicle at the time that grabbed me. I could have been almost anything. Now, I'm really glad it was barbecue because I don't really want to decorate cakes. <laughs> Jeff, were you, uh, as growing up, was your household one where everybody was cooking? Did you have like a mom or a grandma or, or a dad that would like pull you into the kitchen or out in the backyard? Did you come up kind of in that live fire environment? You know what? You know, I really didn't. My family actually was very, very, maybe bad cooks. I mean, my mother admittedly, and we joke about this a lot, was not a very good cook. She didn't cook. Um, I learned how to make French toast. I learned how to, out of a peanuts cookbook, actually. Um, I learned how to make Chef Boyardee pizzas and, and Kraft macaroni and cheese. And my dad traveled a lot. So I really made a lot of my own food. It was, it, it's, it's odd. I didn't have grandparents close by. So there was no real mentoring or growing up around a kitchen. It's something that I felt comfortable doing. 
um, and love doing it from from a very very young age. Uh, you know, from a from a parent's perspective, were were they excited to see kind of your path as you were getting older and seeing you getting into more in this culinary type of a situation? Both both my parents have been very active. We've we've lived close by. We've lived far apart. My dad has followed my barbecue. In fact, one of the very first contests I was ever at a Lenexa barbecue cook-off in 1991. My dad came in about two in the morning. I think he'd been traveling all week, and he came out there and hung out with us. So they've they've been very excited about it. The one aspect I will tell you that I don't think they were as excited about when I sat them down and told them I was quitting my real job <laughs> to go into the barbecue business. They were very supportive, but my, 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 neither of my parents would be very good poker players. And I believe that I could see, especially in my father, I could see that he was a little bit scared that I was making a maybe an unwise decision. But um, he now he now is a big supporter. He'll be we're going to be cooking this weekend in Lee Summit, Missouri. My dad told me just yesterday he's going to come out and come out and spend some time with us. Jeff Staney joining me here on the show. Uh, Jeff, you, you just mentioned you're still competing present day, but you know a different time back when you were really kind of pumping, taking big wins, American Royal, so on. What was competition barbecue like back then as you're kind of comparing it now present day? You know, Greg, there's 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 a handful of similarities. Obviously, we're still cooking food. There's obviously still fantastic camaraderie. There's obviously still there always was and still is a lot of great, you know, people in this thing. I've made a lot of good friends, a lot of lifelong friends. Um, you know, I've been doing it long enough. I've actually lost some friends. There's some people that were a lot older than me that were cooking that are no longer with us. Mm. So those things, those things are the same no matter what. The style in which we cook, we now cook. We, we, everybody. I think the latest anyone would ever have dared put a brisket on 25 years ago was maybe at 10 o'clock or midnight if that guy was cooking really, really fast. We were we were 4 a.m. Excuse me. We were, we were 4 p.m. barbecue. You know, we we pretty much put our brisket on at four, wow. and it came off between 11 and 12. So we really had you know um, clo- close to uh, you know a tw- an 18 and a half to 20 hour brisket. The speed of barbecue sped up, I think, and I, and I think there's a reason for that. I think one of the reasons is it's, it's expensive and time-consuming and, and draining to do that, um, to, to, to cook all night. And I think that there's more, I would call them professional barbecue competitors. They may have other jobs, but they are doing this. It is, it is, a, it is a lifestyle. It's a hobby, but it's a, it's a minor league profession for them. So, and there's obviously people doing it full-time. And I think those people who go out there and, you know, the most cook-offs we ever did, 1993, we won KCBS Team of the Year. We yep. probably cooked 23 cook-offs. Um, that wouldn't get you anywhere now. In fact, I'm going to probably do 22 cook-offs this year. So so when you're doing 30, 35, 40 cook-offs, I think you've got to turn it to business. And, and efficiency becomes very important. So people learned how to cook fast because I think it gives them a better lifestyle. They don't have to stay up all night. They can, they can go home if they want to, or they can bring their kids, and they can sit and watch TV, or they can get a good night's sleep and get up and, and do the cook-off. So the speed is, I think, probably the biggest change, the speed with which we cook. Um, and then I think the other thing that's really different is is everything has become quite a bit sweeter. I think that I think that sweet and and a fast cook are the two things that I would say are the most different about competition barbecue than it was twenty twenty five years ago. Do you think that with the increase in speed and uh, more of an adaptable lifestyle, uh, at least how they're doing it today, is there anything that is being lost? Uh, do you, Do you feel like there's something that you had that you don't have doing it this way or not so much? 
You know, it's a great question. It's a great nostalgia question because certainly as somebody who, who, and we still cook low and slow in our restaurants and I'm proud of that, of that type of barbecue. So I think, I think, yes, I think we've lost maybe some of the nuances and the essences of what smoke can do over long periods of time. You've got to be careful how you do rubs and, and things a little bit differently. So I miss it. But I've also grown accustomed to the tastes and 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 what is required to win and win in a competition. So I think that I think there's many of us who whether you, whether you whether your dad taught you how to do it or you've been doing it a long time or you read Aaron Franklin's book about how to cook barbecue. There's 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 those there's people that there and there's a time and a place I guess for you to go out there and and spend you know 12 hours 10 hours slow slow cooking that brisket. And, 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 but then there's also, there's, there's also great things to be said about adapting to more modern day com- competition mm-hmm. techniques. If you want to, if you, if you roll out of bed on a Saturday morning, and you want to have a brisket for dinner time, you can do that too. So I think, I think there's a place for both. I certainly miss old time, old fashioned barbecue. I think, I think it's still maybe better to eat on a day to day basis. If I'm going to eat a big sandwich, um, I think I'd rather have i I'd rather have a little less intense meal than maybe the, the bites that we're giving judges. Jeff Staney joining me here on the show. Uh, Jeff, if we circle back to the Barbecue Hall of Fame uh, just for a second here before we move on, do you have like uh, any concept of what kind of a speech you're going to be giving? And then also from your classmates, Melissa Cookston going in, Famous Dave, uh, if you have any thoughts about uh, both of them and, and what they've been able to accomplish. Well, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm obviously honored to be even even nominated to the Barbecue Hall of Fame and even more so to think to think that the voters, in, you know, voters and current members of the hall deem me worthy. I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud to be going in with, I think, three outstanding pitmasters. I've, I've met Dave years ago. I've been, been following his path as a fellow restaurateur. Everything he's done is impressive. You know, he comes he comes from more of the rib cook-off competition side, but competition is still competition. We can no one no one's going to argue a cribble over KCBS versus rib festivals versus Memphis at May or or you know C- Central Texas or anything like that. And, Mel- and Melissa also has proven her chops in KCBS, Memphis, and May, and is also a restaurateur. I think I think if I see anything, I see the hall recognizing maybe maybe longer broader careers of people who who have been pit masters they've been business people they they have they have multiple enterprises in barbecue and and i think that you know the hall has made a couple changes about not bringing it not having to have a celebrity a business person a Pitmaster, and I think, but I think, I think we are all of those. I think if you look at it, Melissa, Melissa certainly has been on TV. Dave is is a is a is a measure of celebrity himself. I I kind of stay a little further under the radar, but certainly I'm on TV and have done a lot of those different things too. So I think I think the hall looked at well rounded, and I'm and I'm honored to be a, with the three of my. I've just recently met Melissa. She and I are both Smithfield Pitmasters this year, mm-hmm. and spent a lot of time this winter with Melissa, and we'll we'll see her again later on this year. So I'm I think it's a great I think it's a great class. It's a very, very diverse class, and um, I think it's. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be part of it. So, if I get back to Kansas City, Missouri, uh, at some point next year, you're going to take me through like the the shrine and show me the bust and all that stuff. I would love. Well, I don't know about that. I would. I would. I would give you a personal tour. Yeah. You bet. I'm going to hold you. And, that. and, 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 and then, yeah. and then, and 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 and, and my the original restaurant isn't very far from there. I'll even. I'll even. I'll even take you to take you to my little shrine, and we'll have a, we'll have a private dinner. All right. Well, uh, it's on tape, and I get to hold you to that now. So hopefully, the volleyball team could come through and, and get us back to Kansas City like they did this year. But we'll see how that goes. There you so, go. We'll uh, find a way. To, we'll find a way to take care of the team. Jeff, talk to me about the name 
Slaughterhouse Five. Maybe one of the most impressive and intimidating names I've heard in recent memory. Well, you know, it, that, that was actually that was actually my idea. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. Every, everybody has their own reasons. Everybody's everybody has their own names. It sounds like a pretty cool name. I was a big Kurt Vonnegut fan, you know, growing up and and reading in high school and stuff. I'm not sure in retrospect that you know a barbecue team that's named after you know you know some horrible things that happened in World War II maybe was the maybe was the most um, intelligent and thoughtful decision. But it's a name that I came up with. I thought sounded like a pretty cool barbecue name. Yeah. It certainly meant something to me. And um, I actually had a, my original team had a, had a, had another guy on it. And I, when I went and split up the team, I, I told him he could have the original cooker. I was going to buy my own cooker, but I said the one rule is I'm taking the name, and then and there's nothing anybody's going to do about that. So you know we 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 we've been cooking. This will be our 28th American Royal in a row. So um, not every year when we got in the restaurant business did we were able to cook much more than the Royal. But um, I think it's a pretty cool name, and um, you know Kurt Vonnegut never tried to sue me. Well, that's good. I always thought, you know, yeah. if, if Jeff never made it in competition barbecue, you could easily transition over to the WWF and you would have tag team matches between the four <laughs> horsemen and Slaughterhouse Five. I mean, what could be better than that? There you go. Be, that would be an awesome match. That, 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 you, could, you could sell that one any day. That's right. Big Jim Ross would call it a slobber knocker of seismic and gargantuan proportion. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Staney here from uh, Slaughterhouse Five, Joe's KC, uh, Joe's KC as well. Um, so, you know, I'm up against the time here and I want to set something up for the future where we can talk about, you know, and I think you have a unique perspective. I mean, there's a lot of people out there right now that have done really well for themselves in the competition side and then have transitioned over into restaurant barbecue. And uh, I think it's it's fun to talk about here's what competition barbecue is like, but here's what restaurant barbecue is like. And there's a whole different set of uh, programs that you need to follow. And uh, to me, the biggest Exactly. hurdle for competition barbecue is to deliver that same experience right when you open till you close. And uh, I think that that would be a great deep dive if we could do that coming up. I would, I, w- I would love to do it, you know, Greg, because if you think about it, a, a, a competitor's restaurant's only open for about 10 or 15 minutes. You know, he spends, <laughs> right. he spends all day, all night, all week preparing to cook a brisket, a, you know, and sometimes it's two or three, but his restaurant's only open for about 10 minutes. And and that and that is the toughest challenge is how good can we be from ten thirty eleven in the morning till nine o'clock at night? And I would love to share it. I think it's super exciting. There weren't that many people doing it when I was doing it, and it's just it's 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 catching on everywhere. The the entrepreneurial opportunities for 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 barbecuers and other people are just they're un, almost unlimited. I think it's what makes this country and it's it, it makes barbecue just as, so so fantastic uh, an opportunity. I'd love I'd love to share it with you and 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 your listeners. Jeff Staney's going into the Barbecue Hall of Fame a little later this summer, uh, 2017 class, along with famous Dave Anderson and Melissa Cookston. Jeff, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much, man, for coming on. Thank, thank you very much, Greg. Take care. You got it. There he is. Okay. Jeff Staney, right there if you need him. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Well, I got to tell you, as far as debuts into the Barbecue Central Show jungle. I don't know if you know what a 10 out of 10 sounds like. That's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken, might have been like top three most articulate guests I've ever had. I don't know if he said um or uh at all. 
and I pay attention to someone who tries to pretend like they're a professional order at least for two hours every Tuesday. I listen for a lot of weird stuff. I listen for that. I don't know if I heard it. You tell me. Jeff Staney, huge. We'll talk about that here in a second. Let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack, manufacturers, smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in your backyard in the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, or the Google Pluses. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because, indeed, they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000 are always customer favorites, and the PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. That's C-O-O-K-S-H-A-C-K, cookshack.com. Also, if you are looking for commercial pizza makers and a pellet uh, pellet fired version, Cookshack has those. They were just released at the uh, National Restaurant Association over there in Chicago. McCormick, I believe it is. All right, uh, we'll get ready to wrap it up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club, 31 Cities, 500 Gs, and cash. Eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. This weekend, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tour rolls into Laurel, Maryland for a local qualifier. To get more info on the tour, register your team to compete if there are spots left. Or check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's tour. All right. Once again, if you are interested in getting a link to Chris Hart and Andy Husband's new book, Pitmaster, if you go to the show notes after the podcast is posted, there will be a link there directly in the notes. You will also notice that I moved the audio player all the way to the top of the page. That was recommended to me, and I didn't realize I could do that until like last week. 
So you see that new in the archives as well on the Barbecue Central homepage. And uh, there you go. All right, let's make tracks. Get on out. Butchie Collin, all the way back in the first hour, as I just mentioned, we talked with Chris Hart and Andy Husbands. The new book, Pitmasters, is out. Link through Amazon on my page or pick up a hard copy at whatever bookstore you like to go to. Also, in the second hour, we talked with Sterling Ball for Big Papa Smokers. Go to his website, pick up the Vortex. Pick up the Rocket Hot Chimney Griller from Unknown Barbecue. Pick up the Party Cube. Pick up the shirt that talks about the judges and pitmasters that isn't seem to be selling for whatever reason. It's my favorite shirt. I'm going to get seven. And then, of course, we close the show with Jeff Staney, one of the new three members going into the Barbecue Hall of Fame a little bit later this summer out there at the American Royal. That's the 2017 class, along with Jeff is Melissa Cookston and Famous Dave. We'll probably get them here in a matter of weeks to talk about it. Big show planned for next week, as always. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will tell you this, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. All right, we'll see you back here next week. Good night now.